0: Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with intention and integrity. It's time to be Creative on Purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Endeavor and chief difference maker at Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work at creativeonpurpose.com. You can grab the free Creative on Purpose handbook. And let's now meet today's guest, Michael Bungay Stanier. Welcome to the broad- broadcast. Please let our viewers know who you are, what you're up to these days, and where can they connect with you to learn more?
1: Ah, uh, such big questions. Who am I, Scott? Uh, you know...
0: We only got 30 minutes. And people are on an existential <laughs> quest
1: to try and figure that out. But I'm the author. I'm best known for being an author. Um, four years ago, thereabouts, I read a book called The Coaching Habit, which has taken off and sold a bunch and uh, is appreciated by people who are trying to be more coach-like and more curious Um, my new book is called the advice trap um, which is a a companion book which is about a deeper dive into behavior change and what does it take to actually shift so that you can stay more curious and I hang out online at mbs.works where you can get access to the books and courses and my social media and if you're going to go one place mbs.works might be the place to go
0: Fantastic. So I have been on record many times saying that The Coaching Habit is one of my favorite books. It was my favorite book from the little bundle that we got in all MBA six. And uh, you changed my life because now I am actually coaching for a living. And that feels really, really good. Um, But I remember talking to you last time about what a torturous process it is to write a book. And so why would you subject yourself to such a thing
1: again? I you know I don't know and I do not know why you didn't talk me out of it last time we spoke. I mean, <laughs> I know you did the fake. I'm not recording this thing, but um, yeah. So I believe that you you. I believe that in general, and talking to people who are creative on purpose, part of your job is to kind of do the Austin Cleon thing and like show your work, get it out into the world. Um, I'm a big believer of that. I do think that for most of us book format is not the best channel for our content because books are hard books require endless work books have endless people involved books typically don't sell much um or sell many copies and what that means is you've actually spent a lot of time um (laughs) creating something seen by few Mm -hmm. and that might be okay for you Um, but Uh, you want to have a good reason for writing a book. So the reasons you would have um, a book is a format that plays to your strength. And it does to mine. I'm a good writer or a pretty good writer at times. Um, It um, plays to um, an audience that you have. And luckily having the coaching habit sets me up with a hope that there's an audience for this follow on book and i think really usefully from my perspective anyway is that it plays into an ecosystem that you're building so you so i know for instance that people buying my books have a gateway into other things that i do whether that's the corporate training organization that i helped found called box of crayons or whether it's some of the new stuff at mbs.works you know it's part of a bigger picture it's not a a solo object and so knowing all of that, I decided to write a book. Now, it still may be a bad idea. I mean, the coaching habit sold a lot. The Advice trap, it, you know, it hasn't started, it hasn't surged to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. So it could be that it sells a few thousand copies and it loses money and, you know, and it doesn't reach many people. And, you know, that's part of the deal of putting it out art out into
0: the world, I think. Really interesting. So I, I have a perspective and i'm just curious to get your take on it because mm-hmm. one of the, like you i i have written a book or two and um for all the reasons that you've already stated sometimes i i wonder if it's a very good idea but one of the things that it does for me is it really helps me clarify my ideas before i yep. put them into the world in other forms like you know speaking or or courses yep. and so forth is that your experience as well well Here's, a,
1: here's the distinction i'd make i think writing is very good for for helping you refine your ideas um but you don't have to put your writing into a book <laughs> you can keep it in a journal or put it on a blog or just graffiti the wall of your gentleman's lavatory in the club you go to i mean you can you can write anywhere um and writing is helpful for moving through ideas and polishing them and finding your twist on a on a classic way of thinking about the world um but yeah you don't have to turn that into a book in fact i really wish a whole bunch of people didn't turn their writing into a book because there are a lot of mediocre books out in the world and i'm like you could have just i don't know
0: (laughs) not done that trees died for this book (laughs) yeah well said well and i think it can work both ways i mean i sometimes found that teaching something over and over and over helps me get prepare sure. for for what whatever's totally. gonna,
1: i mean there's, um, there's there's something about working working it working the the material helps you master it and helps refine it so you know whether that's teaching it and or speaking it or writing it or or literally needing it that's all part of the process just don't confuse the process with the necessary outcome and channel and and final
0: format yeah. Well, and it's it's just a great practice. It's a way to show up and do the work every day, is to to exactly. do some writing every day and yeah. helps helps you hone your craft and develop your voice and all yeah, that sort sure. of thing. So the advice trap, let's um talk talk to us a little bit about, you know, who is that book for, what yeah. what's the process and, and what's the outcome for people. So the coaching habit. I mean, tell me what you liked about the coaching habit. What did it give you? The coaching habit was just it was so super clear. Uh, about first of all, just like um, taking all the 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 warm fuzziness out of this idea that you know c- coaching is this rarefied thing that you have to get go to Tony Robbins and 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 make sacrifices to learn how to do and that you know so it made it just seem like it's kind of like I say we're all teachers and you were saying actually we're all coaching all the time anyways if okay. we're gonna do that why don't we coach well and here's seven steps seven questions that you can ask that will help you get out of your way in your efforts to help people get from where they are to where they want to be and as you've embraced that and as
1: you say you know you you now coach as part of the way that you make your living what's been difficult for you as you've refined your coaching ability
0: uh, i you, you know part of it is what you talk about in this current book which is you know you get to a point where you actually get pretty good at this coaching thing. And then you kind of think that your your mission changes from being a curious, listening guide to somebody, helping them get out of their own way and, and on their path. And instead, you, you seem to start to feel that you have, actually have some answers and some wisdom to, to impart that will help them. Yeah clear the haze and
1: and the truth is you do as do other people like one of the one of the things that i'm really keen to stress about the advice trap is is to say look advice is good and useful and practical and it happens all the time and it's a key it's a key currency in in our in our worlds um the reason i wrote the advice trap was to go all right so there are some people who go i get the seven questions i'm embracing them i'm using them it's i've changed my behavior i've shifted the way i show up in the world whether it's you know starting a formal coaching practice or just being more coach-like with their team or even being more coach-like with their family yeah you know, their spouse mm-hmm. their kids whatever there are other people who go the book is great michael it's funny it's short you know, all the things I like in a book, I just haven't changed anything. I'm still showing up the way I've always shown up. So this is my attempt to write a book to help provoke behavior change. And as such, it's probably destined to fail because it's hard to do behavior change.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's, I thought it was a worthwhile failure to to take on because it's easy to be glib about behavior change and like here are the five steps to changing your behavior but any anybody who lives in reality goes it's hard to change your behavior we try and do it all the time and we struggle and whilst there are some things we do adapt to and adjust to like you know we're talking now in the heart of the coronavirus thing and we're like okay everybody stay at home and turns out we can all mostly stay at home okay. <laughs> you know, like, it turns out you just, okay, I've got to learn how to use Zoom more often, and I've got to learn how to order groceries online, and I've got to learn how to hang out with my family more than I would choose to. Um, but, you know, we can do it. Um, but also there are some things about being now and changing your behavior is hard, which is like, how do I have the discipline to do a day's work when I'm now working at home and I've not done that before? Mm -hmm. Or how do I have the discipline to do a day's work when I've always worked at home, but now everybody else is home as well. So now there's chaos happening outside my door and there's other stuff that's hard to change. And that's where you need to get better and smarter and more subtle around what it takes to do behavior change.
0: Yeah. Well, that was one of the brilliant pieces that you led with in the coaching habit was talk about how do you change your, you know, how do you change right. your behavior, change your habits and cultivate yeah. habits that are worth practicing. And one of the the key takeaways in that section was just establishing that one minute mm-hmm. habit, you know, which was profoundly useful to me. And, and Fantastic. Um, and so one of the things that we know about changing behavior and attitude is that we can't learn our way to it. We can't read books and have our behavior change or, or talk to well, stuff.
1: Sometimes we can.
0: I mean, that's why YouTube is a
1: huge success, which is like, look, I'm going to show you how to play the ukulele. Like I can change my behavior, learning the ukulele online. I've got my guy from 10 Thumbs Ukulele who I like. He's a dude and every week he posts a new song and every four weeks I actually go, oh, let me try and play that. And I, make a hash out of it but i kind of get it and i'm now playing a better version of johnny cash's ring of
0: fire because i can learn my way to some behavior change well that, but but not all of it yeah so uh, the, the step that's important though is the action step like yes reading a book passively is not going to totally you right know. you yeah, totally must right. do something and in fact um <laughs> doing something even before you've learned it can be a great way to yeah, it's a great teaching structure yeah, you know sense. um I'm
1: sorry, I'm jumping all over your questions a little bit listening, but um, uh, one of the ways that I will sometimes design a workshop, you know, I'm like, let me teach you how to, let me teach you how to be more coach-like. And I'm like, all right, everybody pair up, start coaching each other. It was like, wait, we haven't learned anything yet. I'm like, I know. How about that? Have a go. And they're like, oh, I mean, okay, here are three principles Just see if you can. I'm not even going to explain them. Just figure it out and have a go at this. They're like, oh, Okay. And you create this stretch and you create this gap and you create this opportunity for progress. It can be a really powerful way to do it. It's just like this just start.
0: Well, and your books always have these um, kind of calls to action within them. It's not just the book is about a call to action, but you give people exercises and things that they, they try can to, yeah. try trying to do right away and I just really appreciate about your approach because even though it is a book and I could just passively consume it if I choose to actually engage with the concepts and put them out into the world and learn how to become better at not giving advice by actually doing a really bad job of that at the beginning but failing my way forward um really really super important what uh what comes next, you know, as a result of this book, is this, is this a new direction or is this actually just like you said, a companion to um, the work that you're doing?
1: So part of the commitment is, and this is also useful for people, you know, who are listening to us who are, you know, going, how do I be creative on purpose? For me anyway, it's about balancing the act of creating and you know like creating for me i i do try and create something every day you know often it's a little video or it's a little bit of writing sometimes it's input like a proper a proper bit of reading mm-hmm. um but there's something about deciding how much you want to champion and market the work that you're putting out into the world and one of the things about book launches is they're hard and they're always slightly disappointing because you know they don't you never quite sell the amount of books that you're hoping to sell and you definitely never make the list that you're secretly but not telling anybody that you hope to to make so um, part of where I'm at is going all right my book launch isn't the finish line it's the start line so how do I think about 12 months of book marketing now particularly you know I'm thinking. I don't know if you know the Gabriel Garcia Marquez book, "Love in the Time of Cholera." So it's like, okay, this is book marketing in the time of cholera. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, how do you do that now? You know, who do, do people want to buy more books or less books? How do I show up in a way that that interests me and could be interesting around um, a more a bolder approach to book marketing? So that's that's kind of one of the things that I'm thinking of for the next twelve months is you know the book launched and now it's slowly sinking down through the Amazon rankings which is typically what happens my job is to try and go how do I just get enough flywheel spinning that it can stay at us at its natural level for as long as possible so that um I give myself the best chance for the two years work I put into that book to actually be seen and read by as many people as possible
0: yeah well and it's interesting how some books that don't do well maybe initially might get traction you know further yeah. on that yeah. um it's, it's interesting
1: like, for me it's a long game it's like five you know it's like i'm interested in being able to still look at that book in five years time and go it's still around and it's still doing it's still doing its bit
0: yeah and one of the, i i love that you mentioned um trying to do something creative every day um and I have seen your the videos that you're doing on LinkedIn, and those are brilliant. And and they seem to be you know something that's fun for you to do, but it also seems sort of low impact. It's not taking up a ton of time right. or bandwidth. Um, but uh, they're very engaging. And you are just you are a a role model for all of us in terms of a creative that creates things and then totally owns. That creation and stands up and says, "This is what I made. It might not be for you, but it might be for some of you." And um, and for my in my experience, a lot of other people that are doing important creative work have difficulty with that step. With how how do I now stand up and speak my truth and, be, yeah. and stand up to be seen? Um, any tips or, you know, I mean, for some of us, I think for you, it might come more naturally. It definitely kind of kind of comes naturally for me. But for those for whom it doesn't, uh, who aren't mutants like you and I, how so, do so, they stop uh, that so, so, so I understand
1: the question. Um, there, there, You're thinking there are people out there who they'll create something, but then they're like, I'm a bit shy about putting it out there or I'm a bit unwilling to really going to expose it to the glare of public light
0: yeah so it's it's i mean another, another way to frame it would be like um the press field you know amateur versus pro like you know i've made something that's what creatives do but to turn pro i actually have to share um, it and put yeah. it and try to get it in front of the right people
1: yeah it's like i mean i love i mean i'll reference him again austin cleon and his whole show your work piece um how to be an artist it's it's um you know part of it's around committing to the process I mean, this is this is old wine <laughs> you know um it's like commit to the process be unattached to the outcome give the outcome the best chance of actually coming off so that's being really committed to the process which is like if i was fully committed i mean here's a question for me what does full commitment to book marketing look like for 12 months what does that look like You know, what does it look like in terms of time and money and creativity and discomfort? What would that actually mean for me to do that? And that's a really helpful question for me to to challenge myself with, because it's so easy to kind of scale it back and ratchet it down a little bit. And I don't want to do that. But on the other hand, I kind of do want to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the tension. And. I think one of the things that's always helpful for me to keep, I keep remembering is nobody really cares. (laughs) Almost nobody's watching me. The people who are watching me are temporarily distracted. The few people who are watching me mostly like what I do. Occasionally random people don't like what I do. So I, um, One of the things I'm excited about recently is putting out a TEDx talk. So if Mm -hmm. people go and Google how to tame your advice monster TEDx, they'll find me and do my my spiel. And, um, you know, there are some great comments in there. There's this one person going, tried to watch this, but his pants were too tight. (laughs) I'm like, awesome. And, of course, it's about advice monsters and how to try and slow down the rush to give advice. So one person's written, here's some advice comb your hair before you go on stage and I'm like (laughs) awesome (laughs) I mean it's like kind of hilarious you know I don't know who these people are they don't know me um and I'm like see there's some people who are watching this who are randoms and other people who love it and I can't do anything about it one way or the other so um commit I mean just what does it mean to be fully committed to your process which means how do I make it fully and creatives and purpose is a call to action to do that but how do I put it out into the world fully in a way that makes sense to you for that piece of work because it's not the same for every piece of work and it's not the same for every person so it's about what your volume is and what how you turn it up to 11
0: and then do that well, you just shared a, a, a bunch of nuggets, and I just want to um, highlight a few. So, the, the 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 idea of commitment is, I think that's the whole nut right there. It's it, you know, if right. you cannot commit fully, then why commit at all? Because as and I also love the context piece because that is something I remind myself every day. What I'm doing is of absolutely no significance. Will never be remembered you know, will barely be remembered while I'm here, never mind yeah. when I'm gone. And at the same time, it's the most important thing that I can think of yeah, investing a, my, it's myself. It's a paradox, in. totally. But that that does, that kind of holding those two opposing ideas in my head at the same time helps me take, helps me not take myself too seriously. And right. at the same time, it allows me to keep doing the work. But the other thing that, you know, the humor with which you, you're reading the comments, um, the the best advice I ever got on this is just say, thank you. Just, you know, thank you for, thank you for taking the time to, to weigh in. I appreciate it. And yeah. then you can just continue on. You no. don't have to, you know, what you said about non-attachment, you don't have to be attached to other people's opinions. So you, you don't have to be attached to the results of whether or not you make the list, because I think, one of the things that you said that I totally agree with is the effort, if you pick the right project or a good enough project and you invest it fully with intention, with integrity and put forth your best effort, that's what you get. That's the reward. Yeah. And you're not entitled to any any of the things that you think should come.
1: I know, it'd be nice if you could order it up but it just doesn't happen like that.
0: Oh, that's that's uh, super, super fantastic advice. There's one thing that you said to me the last time we spoke, that I want to um, just revisit because it was one of the three most important things that I learned in that year. I think it was 2018, and that is um, that is that we rarely actually end up where we aimed at at the right. beginning of a of, of a project. Never mind our lives. Yeah. But, but oftentimes, even though we don't get hit the bullseye where we intended, we end up hitting something that's actually really, really great. What, what's your, unpack that a little bit more for, yeah. for those that didn't hear it last time. I mean, have you ever done a five-year plan, Scott? Uh, I, 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 I am not capable of a five-month week or day plan, so no.
1: <laughs> I've, I've, I've done a few five-year plans in my time and they, they, they make for hysterical reading because they're so wrong. They're just so wrong. <laughs> and one of the ways our brain tricks us is that we kind of feel like we've always been the same. So it doesn't feel that different from when we spoke a couple of years ago. And you're like, well, I, you know, what's what shifted? I mean, I can tell you, you look much older. Really, you've aged terribly in two years' time. But, you know, uh, but, I mean, I'm joking, of course one of the one if you think you like where was I 10 years ago and I'm like okay 10 years ago I was working at box of crayons and I'm not working at box of crayons now it was a tiny little company doing this I didn't have these books out I hadn't thought of that and pretty much everything that's happened in, in since 2010 has been deliberately undertaken whilst also being unimaginable in terms of guessing what I was going to do. So um, I, for me, it's helpful to sit with the concept of complexity and emergence. Mm-hmm. So here's a, a model for people, three types of systems in the world, simple, complicated, complex, simple is A basic one plus one plus one equals three. You know, the metaphor I read once was it's like baking a cake, you know, cake mix, an egg, some water in an oven, you get a cake. And it's actually quite hard to get that wrong. Um, Complicated is similar, but just more. So it's like, okay, we're launching, we're building a car or we're launching a rocket You know, there's get everything it right in the order you do it with the right stuff, and it will work. Complex is raising a kid or watching a flock of swallows or, you know, living life, and it just isn't a series of one plus one plus ones. It's a it's a it's a ever evolving complex system where pulling one lever doesn't mean something else pops out. It just doesn't have that relationship. And the way you navigate a complex system is through principles rather than rules.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the, the classic example is these murmurations of starlings, you know, those big swirling clouds of birds that you see. And that, that cloud self-organizes around three principles. Fly towards the middle, fly as close to the other birds as possible, don't run into the other birds. And those three principles are in tension with each other, that the tensions, what allows those shapes to uh, emerge from the complex system. And I just think, I mean, I just think life is a complex system. So the more you can kind of go, what are my principles? And what does it mean to be committed to those principles? And if you do that, you make some form of progress and you end up somewhere. And then every now and then you stop and you go, what the hell just happened here? And now what? And then you do it again.
0: Yeah. Well, you touched on that that idea of, you know, kind of having goals and strategy. And one of your earlier answers, and what I'm hearing is, you know, having an end in mind um, and having an end in mind that's based to your point. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about principles rather than rules, Um, but then being open to the possibility. And one of the things I I just want to end with, uh, that I really enjoyed, uh, about both books is you are really helping teach people how to be present, like be where you are with whom you are now, like in this moment, not, you know, attached to what happened in the past and the bad stories you tell yourself about that, not overly attached to the the outcomes that you're seeking, be where you are with whom you, you are and be mindful about the way you approach trying to solve whatever problem uh, you're solving, and then the, having the humility to recognize that even though you're doing your best, it's probably not good enough, probably not as good as you think it is. <laughs> right. um, but you know, the 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 object of the game seems to be just do it well enough so you can get up and do it again tomorrow. Yeah, I like it. Thanks, God. It. Yeah, so w- one more time before we sign off, Michael. Um, where can people go to find out more yeah. about you and find out more yeah. about the book?
1: So the books, "A uh, Coaching Habit" and "The Advice Trap," are you know on Amazon, which is or an uh, online bookseller near you, or once you're out of the house, you can go to a regular bookstore. Um, but the place I'd encourage people to go is to mbs.works because there are uh, there's you know there's a uh, free courses that people can access, free downloads, free processes. It's just a bunch of stuff there. So go there, go grab something at
0: MBS for works. Yeah. And I highly recommend all the the, the resources that Michael shares on his site. They are very impactful, worth the cost of admission, which is (laughs) free, I believe. (laughs) Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, Michael. And I appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. And we hope this broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Michael at mbs.com. And of course, it's always great to see you at creativeonpurpose.com. Now go and make a difference and keep flying higher. Michael Bungay-Steiner, such a thrill to be with you again. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thanks, Scott.